the party and the lunch is still there. Mm. Nothing ain't changed. Mm. The only thing that's changed is me. Yeah. Mm. The temptation's always there. A drug addiction, uh, alcoholics, their temptation's there. But it's strong in your mind to break that. Yeah. Gentlemen, welcome to the greatest podcast show, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> on planet Earth. It's done cover podcast with Nick and Femi. How you going? Hey man, so, I'm chilling. Yeah, my name's Femi. I'm Nick. And we're here with a, a very, 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 very special guest. Um, you all know him. You all love him. He's the multi-world champion. Almost, you know, 43 and 1. You know, we've also got the Hall of Famer, Boxing World Hall of Famer, voted the greatest middleweight of all time. By who? By me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even put you on the spot there. This is, and also, but aside from all those accolades, one of the humblest and realest guys who I've ever met and had the pleasure to you know, to know Mr. Nigel Ben, how you going, my I'm man? I'm good, sir. How are you for me? I'm very well. I'm very, very mm. well. I'm honored to be here, man, honestly. Legit. Like, it's not every day you get to be in the presence of uh, royalty. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just one of the boys. Don't call me. <laughs> I'm not like Prince Harry, all right? <laughs> Prince Harry. Oh, He's, He's going through some anyway. things at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but look, look, this chat is super chill, like we were saying, man, is just to be able to talk about the reality of what it's like to be at such a high level mm -hmm. and what it takes to get there, the mental health implications, all those type of things. And because we have an understanding and we have a, a little bit of a surface layer mm. idea of what you've been through. Mm. But I feel like the world doesn't know exactly what it means to be knowledgeable. Yeah, do you know what it is? It, it, it started way back, way, way, way back with me. How my life has changed from a, a young age, at eight years old, when my my eldest brother was killed. Um, that really affected me. He was killed by racists back in 1972. I was like eight years old, and and he was like my hero. And the only way I kind of describe it is like when Simba lost Mufasa. Mm -hmm. He went around in the wilderness. He just kind of just lost the plot. And that was what I was like when I lost my hero. It's like, it's the best thing in my life, my brother was, you know, I was so close to him. And then when he went, <coughs> my life just changed. From eight years old, I started smoking cigarettes. Just doing all wrong things. It was something like my heart was, was severed. I just wasn't the same person from a young age like that. So that actually carried me all through my adult life. So mm. something that from a young age that, that really uh, affected me, played a big part in my life. Mm. Did you ever think, like, were you ever thinking about what that actually was? Like, obviously you, you lost your brother and you were looking for that kind of something. Did you ever find out what was it? Like, was it... Um, I don't, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even think it was looking for something. I was just, I was just lost. I was mm, just right. lost at that present moment. And, but I, I, I could get to the point where I found what I was looking for. <laughs> but that was when I was 45. But all through there, it, it was just like, I thought, what's life all about? At a young mm. age, it was just like, I was just, just living this just 
reckless life. Just, just, um, I just grew up much quicker than guys my age. Like when I was like 12 years old, I was out partying till like six, seven o'clock in the morning. I was out, just out. Then at 17, I joined the army, spent four years, 256 days in the army. And, and from there, my life just changed once I joined the army. Life changed, but it was still hectic. Mm. And then I left the um, army, spent um, 18 months in Northern Ireland, three years in Germany. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. What made you decide to join the army? Was that kind of like an escape or? No, it was my brother John was in the army. Mm. And because I, I needed, I needed something because otherwise I was just going, I was just going the wrong way. Yeah. I was just like really, really, I just grew up. But I was like, when I was 12, I was growing, going out with guys like, that were like 19, 20. So then like, you know, I used to, I need to go out shoplifting. In Woolworth. <laughs> Woolworth. <laughs> that was back in the day, way back in the 70s, and um, shoplifting. And I thought, always fighting shoplifting. And um, and I made everybody in school bring me 50 pence. <laughs> 50 pence. That's like 50 cents. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And birthday, the whole school. And they called the police. I mean, man, oh. <laughs> some crazy things. I, it's just like I was more mature. I wasn't like a 12 year old. Yeah, yeah, I was like yeah. an 18 year old. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I was trying to make it bread. Yeah, so it was all of the kind of little things. I thought, wow. I, I just, just grew up quick and I thought, wow. And that's when I joined the army, you know, things really started changing. I had that discipline. Yeah. Mm. I've always found that interesting because usually when you go into the army, like the, the resilience and the mindset that's required to be in the army, once you finished from there, did you, was life like completely different? Like were you still? No, no, because it was like, because I started boxing in the army. Oh, um, right. That's where it all started for me. And you had that determination, the will to win and everything. But um, I come out and then I was like, um, I can get any security job that I wanted. Mm. And sometimes I just, I used to like have to guard a hospital. I was just building a hospital and this is how my mind was thinking. You used to have checkpoints all around the, uh, the base, the perimeter, and you have to go and click it in, walk around, take like about, I don't know, 40 minutes and all that, like, walking in, in to go and clock all the points mm -hmm. in. And I thought, oh, I can't keep doing this, man. <laughs> so what I've done is, I cut off all the points, <laughs> put them all down on the table, <laughs> put them all down on the table, point one, point two, just watching TV while I was in the office, yeah. point three, point four, and then, and then I realised, I was like, oh no, I've just clocked them all in, but it's like a, a mile, yeah. one, and it's only taken me, 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they gave me my P45 and sent me on my way. <laughs> and then um, I said, well, we're really bad at boxing. I said, no, you know what? I see what I do, what I can do. Nah. So I started boxing. And, and was, here we are. And here we are. <laughs> Knocking hands. Knocking hands. That was it. It was just so funny because I, I came out of the army because I can get any security job I want because I left with an exemplary record. Only because I was a sportsman in the army, they, they mm. just, they, 
treat you like royalty. If you're good at sport mm. and you're fighting for the battalion, they just, they just look after you. Well, not just in boxing, but any other sport. Yeah. Might be um, um, firing guns or, 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 or playing hockey or whatever, rugby, whatever. If you're good in your, your sport, they take good care of you. Mm. I wanted to ask, right, because you obviously started properly boxing in, our, in, the, in the army. But, you know, you're probably boxing heads a long time before that, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I had seven brothers, yeah. no girls. Oh, oh yeah. Boys okay. and, that, and we were fighting. Yeah. At that time, it was Bruce Lee. Yeah. It was our man. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you were doing kickboxing before, was that right? That's where it started. If you put mm. in, if you put in Nigel Ben kickboxing in 1976, you'll see me fighting these big men. I was like, hey, little boy. I was like... I was like 13, 14. Oh, wow. And the men that were fighting, they were like, big men, big men. And I'm still <laughs> dropping them. <laughs> still dropping them. So you put in a Nigel Ben kickbox in 1976 and you'll see me. I'm a young boy. Yeah. I want to see that. I couldn't imagine you kickboxing <laughs> after seeing your videos of you knocking heads. No, no. That's where it all started for me. Martial arts is where it started way before boxing. Way before boxing. I love martial arts, man. Uh, that's where it started. Really interesting because for me, look, with with boxing, right? It's always been a it's been seen as a very aggressive sport, right? Because obviously, to an extent, that it is, mm. but it's a, it's a very scientific sport. Yeah, some fighters yeah. are scientific, like Mayweather and all that. Mm. Some are just brawling. I want to get in here. Beat around the bush. I want to get in there and have a fight. <laughs> you know, get paid for overtime in boxing. If I can knock a man out. <laughs> So I wanted to ask, right, because the only reason why, because obviously we met at, at the gym. Yeah. So I wanted to, because when I got into boxing, it's because I was very aggressive. I was yeah, I had a lot yeah. of anger and I had a lot of kind of like, I didn't know why I was so angry. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see, did you ever relate to that in terms of living a life of being really, really angry and using boxing as an excuse to express that anger or to... No, 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 I think, you know, it was, I was angry anyway, like I said, because my mm. brother was taken away from me. So I, I had that anger. I didn't, I didn't need to have that. I had that aggression already in me. Um, it's just, I just wanted to be number one. Right. Because mm. I think the army taught me that. I remember the Sergeant Major said to me, I came in second in the race and he really gave it. I came in the relay, I came in second and I was happy. And he really swore at me and he said to me, be number one, second to no one. And I remember that even when I fought Joe McClendon. I said that straight after the fight, I'm number one, second to no one. And that was because the army that put that mindset mm. in me, that to be, num- be number one. And I, I, I think the aggression was already in me. It was mm. already in me. But, you know, some people knew the aggression differently. I, I just, you know, once and I was fit, I just wanted to have a war with somebody. So with that fight with Joe, like that was arguably one of the most iconic fights in history, mm. right? So obviously that would have had a massive effect on you coming up even afterwards. No. Um, no effect at no. all? Not at all? No. Do you want to talk, talk me about that? Like, no, because your... you, what you've got to understand is we're both over 21. Yeah. And... It could have been him, it could have been me. Mm. But if you watch the fight, everybody had me to be knocked out between round one to round three. Nobody yeah. had me to win. 
I was meant to fight a guy called Michael Nunn. Michael Nunn was a great fighter. Mm. But Don King said, look, fight Michael Nunn, but, but take 100 grand off, as he told my manager. I said, I ain't taking 100 grand off. He said, if we don't, we're going to bring in mini Mike Tyson. That was his exact words to my agent. I said, yeah, bring him on. Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't fear no man. Mm. Do not fear no man. So we brought him on. But that was his fault. Because he was knocking everybody out, Joe McLean, knocking everybody out. Mm. But he moved from light middle to middle and into super middleweight. It takes time to adapt to the weight. Mm. It takes you about at least six to eight months to adapt. But he went straight up to super middleweight and the first person he fired at super middleweight is me. Regardless about what he is, I know what I can do. Yeah. You know, because he's, he's fought a lot of people. He hit them and they, they lie down and, and, and that's it. Not me. He hit me, I'm, I'm going to get up. Mm-hmm. And it's the second round. I mean, he knocked me, knocked me through the ropes the first round. Mm. And it was like, oh, I didn't even realise I was knocked out of the ring. And then my trainer said to me, if you watch it, when I went back into the second round, he said, look at the state that you got him in. Look at the state that you got him in. But I was all bashed up. <laughs> But because he said that, look at the set that you got him good, you know, it changed my mindset. Because something happened in the second round, something in the subconscious, I don't know what happened. Yeah. But because he said something to me, my whole mindset, because if he said to me, you're getting battered in there, you're really getting hurt, my morale's going to be, oh, you're going to lose that heart. But because he said that, my whole attitude is like, ring the bell, ring the bell, and you watch the second round, I'm chasing him around. Because yeah. something in my subconscious, I don't know what's gone on. Yeah. But my whole mindset's changed. Even when I threw him in the round eight, threw a punch and I slipped, and I went and he kind of half caught me and I went down. But then when I got up, he just put me down. I gave an uppercut right hand, left hook, and let him know when you come out for round nine, you got this. Mm-hmm. So my, I was building myself up. He wasn't building himself up. Yeah. You know? I just knew. I just knew I had him. I wasn't going to lose. I was yeah. willing to. I wouldn't put my life on the line. 100%. And if you guys don't know about that fight, just Google it and it will be <laughs> absolutely... It will all make sense. <laughs> well, have you knocked anyone out and they suffered like serious like medical issues or like... Going like complete, yeah. Is that that? Is that that fight? That's the hello. That's the whole fight. That's the whole fight. <laughs> no, we can't. Hold on, hold on. No, no, hey man. What you been, man? You, you know what he wanted to do? No, 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 no. Oh my, I didn't know that was the fight you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Now it makes sense. You know what? You know what? Femi wanted to do. The show is now called Uncovered with Femi. You know what Femi wanted me to do with me? Listen, let me explain. We both had the fight. Let me explain. I came out with a damaged nose, damaged jaw, urinating blood for three days in the shadow of my brain. He came out 80% deaf in a wheelchair and paralysed. Oh, shit. Right. So that's... That's the and you went him to punch me. Yeah. You went... <laughs> <laughs> what we're going to do when we start off, I thought that what you should do is test your um if you still got it so he wanted to i was going to get in get you 
to punch Nick in the arm as hard as you can and see if he can survive the punch. No, he might. He might sue me. He might, he might end up owning his house. That was the plan. That was yeah. the, plan. <laughs> the, way, the way I'm looking around here, I'm like, oh, hold this camera. <laughs> <laughs> I need this arm. I need this arm. <laughs> Well, that's crazy. So there was no guilt or anything at all. Like when you see that guy, you see the result of him, he's like, no guilt. Right now, there was um, there was not no guilt whatsoever. No mm. guilt whatsoever because I think you know it was it was wasn't intentional. But you know we're both over over twenty five. Mm. You know, it's mm. one of the kind of things that you know that it could happen. Yeah, it could yeah. happen. You know, and it was wasn't no guilt at all. Yeah. When after the fight, if you watch just the program on there called "The Fight of Our Lives," mm. a documentary mm. that we've done about about the fight, and we um, raised a quarter of a million dollars for him, mm. me and my friend. That's what we done it. We raised a lot of money for him. That was twelve years afterwards. Uh, aside from that part of your career, obviously moving forward. After it, right? Yeah. You you obviously suffered a lot of mental health issues, and you went yeah, through a lot absolutely. of really hard mm. stuff. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, but that was really the mental health issues was really, I think, f- for how I used to treat my wife mm. Mm. Um, and doing drugs. I mean, not, not physically, I never touched my wife. I've been with my wife 28 years, never put my hand on her. Just like affairs, drug use and everything. And I just suffered with depression all through my career and suicide. Because um, before I met Caroline, I was married before. And it was just like, you know, not being with my kids was very hard for me. So there's a lot of issues that was going on. Suicide, everything, just, just wasn't in the right place. Just, just... The only time I actually had peace was when I was in the ring. Mm-hmm. When I was outside the yeah. ring, it's just like it was just like everybody wanted a bit of me, wanted me here, do this, do that. Yeah, it's just it's horrible. The only time I, I, I had peace is when I was away training. That was the only time when I was training. Otherwise, it was just like you know I'd finish training straight away, then I go and start taking drugs. How long was that going on for? Um, all my career, wow. all my career, never done cocaine. Mm. Never, never done cocaine. If I was taking drugs, yeah. And it was yeah, it was because it was like because I was going through a divorce. I just wanted, I didn't want to be in that place. So someone gave me this little tablet, and and that was it. My life just changed from that time I took it. I was I was hooked. I was addicted. Yeah. What was what was, was the main thing you were taking? Pun. What was the main things that you were taking? Ecstasy, Smith. Every weekend, like after a fight, it was like I could um, I just fight for. Oh, I just wanted to go back on my drugs. Yeah. So it was like um, I just wanted to go. That's it. Boom. Let's go. Let's go and party. Mm-hmm. And when you do mm-hmm. that, just party hard. Mm. Cause it's like that relief one. It's kind of like once you take those type of those drugs, you feel on like a high. You feel good. You know, like all those kind of things that are going on, you kind of just push it towards the back end. Yeah. So it's kind of like that good kind of relief after all the stressful stuff. Like you were saying, you feel uh-huh. like you're going yeah, f- yeah. hundred miles an hour. It was. It was hundred. Yeah, because it was like, and not only that, we I had naughty, naughty people around mm. me. Mm. Really naughty people. Yeah. yeah. 
naughty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we had like we had a we had a firm of about at least twenty men, mm. big men that were just partying. We were like my minders, didn't need minders, mm. but we were just like we were just like partying wherever I needed, I needed wherever I wanted to go, I could go. Yeah. Where it, my life was like absolutely just a crazy life. Like me and my wife, it was like. We'd go and I said to her, come on, let's go and we're going to live in LA. Just pick up stuff. We just, that was, this is just me and, me and her at the time. And then we said, oh, we just feel, oh, I fancy Jamaican food. And then so what we do, we then we fly over to Jamaica. Oh. Right? From LA. And then from LA. <laughs> no, to Jamaica. And then from Jamaica, Frank Bruno wanted me to walk him out with the flag when he fought Mike Tyson. So then we fly from Jamaica to Vegas, <laughs> and then from Vegas we go to Hawaii. That's that's <laughs> what that's what we just used to just that's what our life was like. Yeah. Our life Whoa. was just absolutely just that's what my life was like. Crazy. Swap. Crazy. You want to swap? <laughs> <laughs> you, you say that, but it was only that time is that it, it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Yeah. It was not real. It was not. Uh, it was just. Uh, it was just full of rubbish, really. You know, it was. It was like because I was battling. I was battling things. Battling things in my head. You know, and, and, and a lot of times we were just just going, spend thousands and thousands, like mm-hmm. going to spend like. Eubanks buys it, Aston Martin, Valanti. Then I thought, all right, you bought that. I go and buy a Bentley Azure. <laughs> he buys a, a, he builds a mansion. I go and buy a mansion. So it was always like, it was just a crazy life. Crazy life. We just, mm-hmm. it was just absolutely just crazy. There's nothing that I, I couldn't have. Yeah. Mm. And did that make you almost feel like you had nothing? No, because you, you, you know, you, because there's nothing I can do. But it, it didn't never make me feel like not having nothing. The only time that really hurt me is with when I cheated on my wife. I think mm. that was the biggest thing in my life that really, that's what really nearly turned me over, nearly commit suicide, is because I just could not stop that addiction because of what happened, and it stems back from the death of my brother, mm. because. I was looking for someone just to comfort me, like how he was. Yeah. I don't care if she was a black, white, Indian, Chinese, whatever. Mm. She could be the size eight, size 10, size 20, size... Mm. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> I just wanted company. So it was, it was like, I just really had a low self-esteem and everything. Yeah. So and it was like just struggling with everything. So, but I had anything money can buy. Yeah. But I wasn't happy. Something missing in my life. Talk to me more about the like the affair. Like, what was the thought process between it? Like, what the affair? Not how it worked. Affair. Yeah, the affair. Affairs. 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 Plural. So, why was that? Like, what was the? No, no, like it's, not really, it's not really. It's not really. It's not a thought process. You're in the wrong frame of mind. You, mm. you know you. You went for a messy divorce, first of all. Then, so from that first messy divorce, as much as I was doing what I was doing, she was doing what she was doing. But so when I left my first wife, I still never dealt with 
what was going on. So I jumped straight out of the fryer into the frying pan. So it's like, I never really dealt with all my issues. Mm. And so with my wife now who I've been with, I cheated on her for 16 years. Mm. 16 years, and you, I couldn't, it was an addiction. Yeah. It was really a bad addiction. And, but my wife went, went into the church, she just cried her eyes out back in 98. And, she, and we never spoke for a long time. And she said, um, said, if you're real up here, she's talking to Jesus. She said to, if this is real, you want to help me down there? And I, she said, I worship you for the rest of my life. So she went in church, and when I, I didn't speak to my wife, because in our old house in England, you have two staircases, one over one side and over the other side. Yeah. I'll show you the picture of my house. <laughs> <laughs> when I used to be in the I used to be over one side, she'd be over the other. And so then what happened, we ain't spoke for months, because it was all in the papers and all that. But she was in the church, she was crying for about three hours, but she said she felt like, when she asked God, she felt like the rocks that had taken off of her back, mm. right? And so she come in, knocked on the door, dang, 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 and she opened the door. She said, it's going to be all right. She said, Jesus said it's going to be all right. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she lost the plot, man. Yeah. I really did. I thought she'd gone crazy. I thought, oh, now I'm going to have to put her in the priory or something, man. <laughs> I don't know, Jesus, because I was like Satan's right-hand man. So mm. it, it was all of that. And then after years, she'd go to church and I'd go to church with her and I was like, oh, okay. And then like, she'd be praising, praising God. I'd be like, oh, oh, that's what you do. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll do the same thing as you <laughs> think. And then I'd come home and I'd be like, I'm getting a big spliff up there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't understand what yeah. Christianity. Mm. I didn't know. Because it says in Romans 10, 9, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, we shall be saved. Yeah. But I never made a confession with my mouth. My mm. wife made a confession. She accepted Jesus back in 98. And, but I was still living this kind of godly life. But I wasn't really Christian. Mm. I think I was a Christian, but I wasn't a Christian yeah. because I never made that confession, accepted him as, as my Lord and Saviour. But then I was having like big Christian parties at my house and everything, doing everything, right? Then we moved from England to Spain, lived in Spain for 12 years. And I was having Bible studies and everything. But I was like having an affair with this woman, this, oh, this old woman, and and I was doing my Bible studies with my teacher, and she said to me, no, I said to her, I've been having an affair. And it just come out of my mouth. And I didn't know what to say because I, I was sick of living that life, yeah. destructive life. Mm. And then she said, have you told your wife? <sighs> now this is, you know, this is like, this is it, this is where, where, it's crazy. The thing hits the fan. Yeah. Right? And, and my wife said to all her church friends, she said, because Caroline used to have a big diamond ring, but she never used to wear it because our church were in a, a rich church. She put her ring 
in a shoebox. She won't wear in a, in a shoebox. She'd take off her wedding ring. She won't wear cause the big, massive diamond. Mm. But she said, God said to her, put the ring back on. I'm going to make your marriage as clear as a diamond on your thing finger. Mm. And all the girls are going, oh, isn't that nice? Oh, but they don't know what's about to come. Mm. Yeah. They don't know what's about to come. And I said to Caroline, look, I, I said, I've been having affairs for the last 16 years. I just confessed everything to her because I, I didn't want to carry on living that life because it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. If I had the opportunity, my wife is going to leave me, she's going to leave me now, but I didn't care. I was a broken man as it is already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I'm talking about broken, it was like, oh man, I didn't care if, I, if Jesus took me or whatever. I just, I just could not be in, the, in that position anymore. And I told her, and then um, she said, "We, what are you talking? What are you talking about? Will you just?" She said, "She was. Will you just shut up? I don't want to hear." She was just screaming and shouting at me. But she said, "She said she had it in a voice. It's like Jesus said, let him speak.' And so she let me speak. And then um, she threw all my clothes out of my bedroom windows, and our gardener was like looking, uh, watching all my clothes flying out the bedroom window." <laughs> She said, I just want you out of here. I just want you out of the house. I want you out of, out of the house. So then my pastors come and pick me up and took me away and cut long story short. I lived with my pastors for one year. Wow. One year. Then, then I became a true Christian. I mm-hmm. made it. That's when I, my life changed. And we and Caroline, we never, we, never, we never slept together. We never stayed together. I lived with my pastors in the house. I didn't watch TV for the year. Mm-hmm. All I done was study the Word of God. Then my whole life changed. And everything what I was looking for, this is what I was looking for. Yeah. This is what I was looking for. That's when my life changed because it was everything reading God's Word changed my life. And I used to cuss for everything. Ephesians 4.29 say, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. I thought, oh, can't swear no more. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I was always angry. James 1.18 James 1, says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. So I think, wow. So everything about my life is in, in the word of God. Yeah. Do you understand? It's yeah. not like, you know, because God said, if someone slaps you in the face, give the, give, slap yeah. you in the cheek, give the, the other side also. I'm working on that one, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on that one. I'm working on but, 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 you know, that shows you that's how much of a loving God I serve. Yeah. Because you know what it is? Like, because I can go and tump a man down any day of the week. Mm. But then you listen to how... He lives his, if I live my life according to his word, how much of a blessed life. I've been my wife now 28 years now. If you weren't in there, I wouldn't be married. I'd either be sick for under or in a mental hospital. Mm. But yet he kept my wife together. She could have she left whenever she wanted. She's like my knight in shining armor. She could have left. But yet, so what, everything I was looking for, I was looking for that inner peace that I never had before. Mm. Because everything I was... I was always looking for materialistic things, women, sex, but now that didn't bring me happiness. This is what brings me happiness, being able to talk to you about my life. Because God said you were known by the words of their testimony. 
that his name may be glorified in this. No, it's not about me. It's about what he's done for me. How my life has changed. A lot of people, we're all searching for something. Mm. What are you searching for? Mm. What are you searching for? Mm. I know for a fact, if I die tomorrow, I know where I'm going. And I'm going to heaven. Mm. Because I made Jesus my Lord and Savior. And I feel blessed. Nothing else really matters. Spliff, weed, girls, women, nothing. Nada. But what, it, what makes me happy is being able to Speak my testimony in helping people transform their lives. That's my goal, to know that the position that I've been in, you know, I don't have a, a, a PhD, a bachelor's, a master, or whatever, but I have that all in street. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. yeah. All in other piece of paper where it don't work, this is what works. And you know what? To be able to, to go out there and help a man get off the drugs, help a man keep his family together, oh, that's a blessing to me. Mm. Because God's gonna, God says, go and make disciples. He wants me to go and bless people, help people, serve people, yeah. just like what he did. And that's where I'm happy now. That's why, you know, yeah. see, just if you came in, you want to talk about boxing, it'd just be about mm, fighting. But, but what, what, yeah. what is life all about? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What right. is life all about? Exactly. And I'm fighting yeah. that now, man. I don't <laughs> even know you. But look, you were here with me. Yeah. Because I met you back in PC Whitey. What yeah. I said to you, come on, if you want to do an interview, yeah. did I? Yeah, no brother, brother, if it can help you, so be it. Yeah. Do you understand that? That's what I'm all about. It's about being able to, and not only that, putting the word out, being able to help people that, that, that's struggling for the walks of life. The only way I can say that, what got me through, my faith. Yeah. My faith and the peace that I have now. I'm not chasing it. I'm not driving my own flashcards. I'm not doing that and looking. I'm actually... Happy. I don't yeah, even care if yeah. I go out. I'm just happy to just stay here yeah, and relax yeah. and enjoy mm. my life. That's it. I think that's incredible. Like coming from like your story, 16 years of addiction, depression, almost kind of committed. No, not 16 years of addiction. This is going is. way no, back. Yeah, you keep getting it wrong, bro. No. <laughs> I'm telling you. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I want to finish. I was going to come back in. Yeah, you better come back in. Because <laughs> 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 you know what it is? from the age of eight. Till I was 45. 45. That's where my life really kind of changed then because it was... Um, but the addiction, no, I, I had addictions way, way before that, you know. Mm. My, my, I think because my life was messed up. Yeah. But it's only that like, I can tell people how I got through this. And, you know, it was, this, was, this was the addiction of everything. Mm. I remember you say, uh, I always used to make a New Year's resolution. I know I'm not going to smoke no more. Yeah, I'm not going to smoke more. Uh, and then I thought, yeah, I'll just have one cigarette for lunch, one for breakfast. And, and then next week, I'm back on 20 fags a day. So, you, you know, and, but as soon as Jesus came into my life, mm. the addiction from women went. Addiction from drugs went. Mm. Addiction from nicotine went. Affairs went. All went like that. Not even having to work it out. Mm. Just went. I'm not saying it worked for everybody, yeah. but it worked yeah. for me. It's Do you amazing. understand? Because mm. you know what? Even my favorite just changed my life because I was I was desperate. Yeah, I was desperate. I needed I needed a change in my life. You lot can jump in whenever you're yeah. ready. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just so yeah. captivating. Like it's yeah. an amazing thing to listen to. I want to ask you a question though, mm -hmm. because it's very clear what you did and what yeah. you did, like what you did to be able to overcome what you were dealing yeah. with. Do you ever think about, is there something that you wish you, that you didn't do that you wish you did maybe? 
No, wish I didn't do. No, like as in like you you found Jesus. And you no, went the, the only thing I wish. No, because it's so funny saying this. Sometimes we have to go through certain things. Mm. I mean, the only thing that that that, 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 that I wish that I never done that was being unfaithful to my wife. That's the only thing. Everything else mm. I can deal with, but being. I hear some men talk about, oh yeah, you know, I've only been with my wife and that's the only woman I've ever been with. That's one thing that, you know, I think, oh, I broke this woman's heart, you know, yet she still loved me and stayed with me. That's the only thing that kind of bothers me. Anything else, mm. winning world titles, I'd rather be faithful all day long than being winning world titles. Yeah. That's the only mm. thing. I don't wish, no, 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 I don't wish anything, man. I think, you know, because if, yeah, that's the only thing I wish that I could have changed, mm. being faithful to my wife. Yeah. And have all my kids with with my wife. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Awesome. Oh, no, 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 no. You want to say something? I was going to ask you, like, so for people that are going through similar type of things, like what kind of tips and tricks would you suggest to people like that that are going through? Is it tips and tricks? Not tips and tricks. <laughs> yeah, it's not a trick. Yeah, you know these strategies. Jeez, I can't say anything. Word, that that's word. That's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know what it is? Yeah. It's very hard for me to go and tell somebody about Bob. All I can tell you what worked for me. Mm. And for me, when I was going through that real dark place, mm. it, was, mm. it was for years. Because I used to watch people on TV talking, I think, and they said, well, when I was a kid, they thought, you're an old man now, but how? And now, because I've been there, that followed me all through my career, mm. all through my life. Do you understand? So, mm. it, so it, it, to me, it was only my faith that, that pulled me through. You know, people, people going to have counseling, talking to people. Yeah, I think that problem here, there's a problem shared or a problem here, there's a problem halved. But you talking to somebody that's not sitting in there festering. Mm -hmm. Because what happens as well is our thought pattern. Mm -hmm. That's where it all starts. I can't knock Femi out unless I At think all. that. Yeah. <laughs> At all. <laughs> but you know, so it's about how, what do we think? Mm. What are we putting in our mind? Because sometimes we have these thought, pan, thought plans that come in our heads. It can I be good plans or it can be bad plans? And I know for the fact that all the negative things didn't come from Jesus come from the devil. Mm. People say, is the devil real? A lot of people say that. Ah, oh, it's a lot of rubbish. It says in Deuteronomy 30, 19, it says, God says, I call heaven and earth as a witness against us today. I have set before you life, death, the blessings and the curse. I heavenly father said, choose life so that your, your seed or your children will prosper. What does that all mean? It means choose him or choose the other thing. Mm. Because people think, well, I don't believe that. Let me give you a quick synopsis. If there's a left, they must be right. If there's mm. a God, there must be a devil. Mm. If there's an angel, there must be a demon. Mm -hmm. If there's a happy, there must be a sad. If yeah. there's eternity, there must be time. If there's a forward, there's a backward. If there's up, it must be down. If there's a heaven, it must be hell. Mm. There's an opposite of everything. Yeah. You can't oh. have one. That's Happy, right. sad. You're going to have an opposite of yeah, everything. That's right. Mm. 
If it's a heaven, there's going to be a hell. Mm. It's going to happen. You name one thing that you don't have the opposite mm. of. Exactly. And that's what I believe. And I'd rather spend eternity in heaven than in hell. Same. And people don't understand, you know what, you, you can beat around the bush or whatever. I know, I said to one of my friends uh, the other day, I said, where would you go if you pass away? He said, uh, I'll go to heaven. I said, mm. I said well, how do you get that? Oh, I'm a good person. It says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, sent his only one and begotten son. Whoever believes in him not perish, but have eternal life. Mm. I believe that it's having a relationship with Jesus and that you're going to have a... You're going to spend eternity in heaven. Mm. You can either believe that or you're not. But how would you risk that? God calls in Luke 16, 19, he calls hell a place of torment. Because when we leave here, where do we go? Mm. We go into eternity. Is it eternity in heaven or is it eternity in hell? Mm. I don't know if you've ever, ever watched a film called Ghosts with Patrick Swayze. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. If you get that kind of, you kind of <laughs> wear up the same thing. Yeah. Patrick's way to get taken off, and what happened to the men that done evil? They get taken away. Mm. I know it's a bit deep, you think, oh, it's a bit deep, but no, no, no. this is what only thing I can give, tell you about is, is my faith. Mm. Knowing that at the end of the day, because there's no way you can say, well, I never knew about you, Jesus. Jesus said, yes, you did send me. I sent my disciple Nigel to tell you the good news. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't you tell me that? When you said that again, oh, I didn't know, yes, you do, Femi. Yeah. You know? You're serious. And, and you know what it is? It's about faith. It doesn't mean I'm still Nigel. Mm. But one is, I'm not going to cuss. Yeah. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to cheat my wife. Certain things that I'm not going to do. doesn't mean that, you know, that uh, uh, um, it's all about Christianity. But it's like mm. my faith is it's just about being... Being a good person, right. but still Nigel. But certain things I won't, I won't cross. Yeah. Do you still battle with like, with all of those kind of inner demons anymore? Like, do you mm. still have those kind of like what? I don't know, like that, because you, your life is so different. Do you ever have that desire to go and and I don't know, like? No, don't look at him to back the other. Just say it. Look, do you ever have that like kind of desire to maybe go back and do any more drugs, or do you ever do you still have that desire for other women or anything that you used to battle with? Does that ever still come up? Listen, I can explain. You got beautiful women right there in front of you, mm. but. Oh, drugs, right? Everything's right there. Satan's right here on my back. Trying to tempt me with them women. Look at them women, look at them women. Oh, look at that drugs. They're all good at her. <clears throat> the temptation's always there. Yeah. He knows what it was like. It's there. But am I going to be strong enough to refuse it? It's all there. It's just right here. Mm. The nightclubs of women. When I, ret- when I retire and everything, Stop doing all that. It's still there. The party and the life, it's still there. Mm. Nothing ain't changed. The mm. only thing that's changed is me. Yeah. Mm. The temptation's always there. A drug addiction, uh, alcoholics, their temptation's there. But it's a strong in your mind to break that. Yeah. 
You understand? So, they're all right there. Everything, the women, the drugs, they're right there behind me, waiting for me to fall. Yeah. But because God says in his words, forget what lies behind and reach forward what lies ahead. Mm -hmm. I don't look behind no more. That's my past. That's my past. I look forward to my future. And it, but the temptation's always there. Mm. Always there. Mm. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's what you think. You've got to understand. I cannot do nothing without a fault. Mm. Yeah. Without a fault. You, I can't do nothing without a fault. Oh, she's lovely. Cool, yeah. Or, oh, I've had this split. It's a fault. Mm. Got to think all that. Yeah. But because I've been through that situation, mm, didn't get me nowhere. And sometimes you think that, and then God shows you where I could be. Right. Back in that same position, that dark, dark place. I don't want to be in there. If I was in that dark place, you know, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand? You <laughs> wouldn't be here. Yeah. Like, oh, man, who are you? What are you what? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll see you from where. PCYC, yeah, what, what, what do you want with me? That would be my attitude. Mm. But because I'm not in that position, I thought, no, nah, come on, let me bring Femi in. Yeah. Let me give him a good interview. Yeah. That's Dang. it. And that's, and that's what happens because my whole, my whole identity is not in him, it's in him. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have peace. Yeah. Come okay. on, far away, what am I doing? Yeah. Questions, man. I'm just loving it, but you're talking, yeah. I'm loving it. <laughs> so do you ever have, like, things from your past present themselves in the, in the future, like the repercussions or the consequences of what you did beforehand still are present? Reverberating. Mm. Well, yeah, I think, you know what it was? I think what happened because of the affairs that I had against my wife affected me and my son's relationship. Connor. Right. Connor. Uh, oh, yeah. Connor hated me. He hated me with a passion. He couldn't stand me. Now, now um, when he got into a little bit of trouble, I was there for him. He didn't know if I really loved him and all that. So we 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 build our relationship. Now our relationship is like wow. We're just like we just <laughs> we're just like that. But you know, so that was really really re repercussion that really um, affected me. But me and my son, we're we're on fire. He's fighting in March. They want me to come over. They want me to train with him. I'm always with my son. But that was the only fit scar that I have is when you know. Because you've got to understand, if that was my dad cheating on my mum, how would I feel? Mm. Do you understand? But um, Connor understands everything now. He understands everything. And now he's a married man, so, so he, um, he understands. And I apologise to him. Mm. He tells me he loves me, so that, that's it. We're, we're, we're close. But, uh, but sometimes yeah, you, you get things that throw in your face, but hey, you just can't forgive me, so if I offended you, that's all you do. Instead of saying, what, what do you say? <laughs> you know, so your whole attitude changes, you don't, you don't, you know, just think, well, and everything I do know, what would Jesus do? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> He's my mentor, what would Jesus do? Yeah. It's not about like, you know, oh, no, no, that's not. Because even if I cuss, whoa, whoa, Jesus said, whoa, that's not my language, <laughs> yeah. do, do you understand? Everything exactly. I do, I look at, Oh, I get a conviction. You get a conviction. You think, oh, true. sometimes I've, not now, but before when I became a Christian, it's like, oh, I say something, and did it, oh, did it be like something? Like, oh, freaking hell. Oh, I've got to go and apologise to that person. Mm. 
you know, you got to say sorry. But then when you said sorry, sorry, forgive me for saying that, it actually releases the tension. You feel much better because it takes so more true, of a yeah. man yeah, to apologise. Oh, yeah, you know? so, so when you learn all that, you get you get used to it. Yeah, you get used to it. I love that. Did you ever have that fear? You know that now that Connor's a professional boxer, entering that world that you were in before. Do you ever have that feel that feeling that Connor might walk that same path? Nope, no, nope, because I tell you why. Connor was about thirteen. 12, 13, and I was in my car, I was driving him, and he's in the car, and he's looking, I could see him looking at me, and he looked at me and he said, I'll never be like you, and he really, really said, I'll never be like you, in other words, never treat his wife like her, mm. and he, but he, when he said that to me, it was like, oh, you little sugar honey ice, <laughs> <laughs> you know? but it was like, but it really, oh, really got to me. But he was right. Yeah, yeah. This is like before. So when he said that to me, I know he meant that he would never be like me. Mm. He's just not like me. So, and because Mum's got so much morals, he's learned that would break. That would break if you cheat on his wife. He knows it would break his mum's heart. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So no, um, no. So no, he, and Connor, listen, it's uh, Connor. I mean, he's he's I mean, he's just turned twenty three. I mean, they sponsored, they give him a brand new Range Rover. Oh, sponsored by Reebok, doing all that. So he's like, yeah, man. And by the time he's twenty seven, he'll be mega multi millionaire. Mm. You know, but he won't be like me. He, you know, I mean, his first couple of fights, he's like, you know, after fights, he'd go home. See at home, watch Netflix, have Nando's with his wife. Mm. <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> not me, I'm out on a circuit, mate. Con, not Connor. Mm. He's not into all that, mate. He's so mature. Yeah. He's so mature, it's just like, you know, yeah. oh. If it would have been a nightmare if I had him young, because me and him would have been out and I would have been teaching him all the wrong things mm. because he's so much like me. Mm. But he's but in in another way he's like his mummy as well. But he's dedicated. He's trained. He's so dedicated. I mean, yeah. he writes food down. He does my head in when I go <laughs> and Writes everything. Then weighs everything. It's just, just so on on the game. The fitness level of him may have completely different. I thought I was fit compared to him. Wow. Yeah. Love that. That's awesome. Look, I think that there's been so much value in this conversation because you've been able to really shed a lot of light on some real life stuff. Mm. And it wasn't just, like you said, it wasn't about boxing. And I oh, think that yeah. there's so much more that to you. That my head in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite training regime? Yeah. <laughs> no, but there's so much value that people don't realize to be had in some of the darkest times. Yeah. Mm. That we always, we're so scared to be able to, to understand these dark times and actually move forward. It's like sometimes when we're in dark times, we think we're already screwed. Like it's already over. Yeah. There's no point trying to move exactly. forward. But there's so much value in being there and then moving forward. Mm. So I think because Jesus says in his word, when the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. I feel free. I don't feel, I don't feel unbound to nothing. I just feel free. So by me just giving them a word of my testimony, just encouraging people. I don't, I don't, don't I'm not scared to speak about my life and what I went through. Because I was down in the pit now, now, 
no, I'm in glory, mate. Now mm. I'm, I'm enjoying my life. Mm. You know, and, I, and it's nice to be able to tell me there is a way out. There is a way out. You know, mm. some people got to fight, fight in themselves, but I reckon tell them about my way out. Yeah. Mm. And I'm always the right way out. Yeah. You know, and it's just being able to help other men that broken men that they get to the future, regardless if you might fail, mate, you, you just dust yourself down and pick yourself up. So and what don't I let them thoughts play yeah. around in your mind. Mm. That's what it is. Huge. It's all our thought pattern. That's it. That's huge. That's huge. Before I ask my question, I want to just really hone in on that, that it is 100% a matter of our thoughts. And mm. it's so powerful and no mm. one, because even, I, it's something that we all know, but until you really, really just, because as you were talking, I was really just sitting there and trying to think about what you're saying. It's like, there is no way that we can actually live the life that we live without it being a, a thought process. Uh, yeah. Everything. Absolutely. Mm. And it's so powerful to be able to control, not control your thoughts, but actually be conscious yeah. about your thinking. Yeah, of course. It is. Yeah, and that's where it all starts. It's our fault. Oh, what are we going to do? Because... Usually I say the bad thoughts are not from Jesus. Mm. The good thoughts are from him. Mm. What do you want to do when you project your life? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What, where, do you, where do you see yourself in five years? What do you want to do? Because Jesus is all about motivating you, lifting mm. you up. Mm. Like the other person says, oh, yeah, she's going to leave you. Oh, oh, go on, go and do some drugs, go and do that. Oh, yeah, she likes you. Know so you focus on that. Which ain't real. Yeah. It might be real, but then you know what it is, then it, you know, it's gonna end in heartache. Yeah. That's it. But I know we know Jesus. If something fails, I say, you know what? Dash yourself down, go again. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I keep going forward, keep going forward, keep going forward. And now I sit down there and think, wow, I retired at 96, in 96, at 32. Wow. And all of a sudden, I remember I was signing on the dole, don't know if you call it, what you call it, the dole. Mm -hmm. I used to sign on, or the, the, I don't know what you call it here, the dole. Oh, the dole, like Centrelink. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. And I remember this, that was like going back, oh, when I was 16, I was signing on, getting £36.40 every two weeks. I remember that, it's like God said, yeah, you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. So you look where you are now, look where I am. Yeah. Retired. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if it wasn't him, if I would still be here. Mm -hmm. and like I said, and I would be six foot under on the mentors. Because mm -hmm. I would have lost everything. Yeah. But yet, it kind of like mapped out my future. It just mapped out my future. Wow. It's amazing. That's amazing. Mm. I, I've, there's just been so much in that yeah. that I don't even like. You, like when we were talking about this, we could have part one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven. <laughs> yeah, we did, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. I said, yeah, I'm gonna do part one, part two, part three, then yeah. Colin, part four, part yeah. five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then Levi's gonna be part three. Yeah, yeah, so you know, there's so much to to my story, and you know, we're like I said, you know, you can say right. Now you've talked to me, I say, right now, run with, run with a bat with Connor, and Connor must give you the same kind of story, but now you can watch his life yeah. because he went through issues. And it'd be nice 
Because what it, what it is, it's all about being able to help exactly. other people. It's not about keeping, it's like God's giving me that, that wisdom, that knowledge to be able to like go, go and express that, go and help other people, go mm. and try and share that with other men, exactly. broken men. That's, that's my goal now here is to, to work with my wife, to, to help all these broken men and women to try and help them put yeah. their lives together. That's all, that's all that matters. Nothing else because it's like God saying, what did you do with that talent I give you? Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters. Well, I kept it myself. No, you're going to show that and help other people. And there's so many learnings that can happen yeah. just from listening to your story. Yep. So what are you doing now? What are you, what are you doing now? Are you, you're volunteering? Well, my, my wife volunteers at Hillsong Church. Mm. Church. She, deals with, she deals with a lot of domestic violence. She deals a lot. My next door neighbour, she deals with a lot of mental health issues, so mm. we're actually just starting to you know, start working with her. Because I was working with her, so but I'm going to start working with my neighbour. She deals with a lot of people with mental health. And I think, because I kind of retired, I thought to myself, I've got to do something that's going to be rewarding. Mm-hmm. And I know God wants me to do this. He knows wants me to help these broken men. I don't want to have something weird saying, what did you do with that talent I gave you? Mm. And I would think, you know what, I'm not going to, 2020 is going to be my most productive year where I go and help men that are broken, that are addicted to drugs, addicted to sex, or, or, or don't know how to treat their wife. I just want to be able to try and help keep families together because I know what the, the devastation of families and kids, partners, and why we, why we want to stay married? Look what happened to you and dad. So they, you know, but you try mm. to teach a man how to treat a wife, how to love your wife, mm. not like living in the, the Stone Ages, you know, like, mm. you know, wife got to cook and clean and all that, <laughs> yeah. and more cooking and now to my wife, but shh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But look, let's wrap up with our, um, so at the, end, at the end of every single section, we have a little bit of a rapid fire kind of conversation because we know your story. We heard what you got to say. We want to know a little bit more of the random stuff that people wouldn't necessarily ask you. So let's see if we can ask you anything that hasn't been asked in your okay. 40,000 interviews prior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, let's go for it. All right. What's your favorite movie? Oh, mm. see that thing. Yeah. Scarface. Oh, why? It's random. I like that. That does. That's we'll random. Talk we'll talk oh, after. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk after. Yeah, we'll talk after. Yeah, we'll talk after. And and Shawshank Redemption. Bang on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What about your favorite travel destination? I know you've been everywhere. I actually love being here, Australia, mm. by far. I actually do. I, my final destination here. Every time when I go go abroad, I just love coming back here. Yeah. I just love it. I really do. Mm. So many people love it. I don't yeah. know what it is. We take it for granted, man. No, we do. You do. We want to see do. Punch him. Should I? Yeah. <laughs> off camera. Off, off camera. camera. No, off camera. Little sesh. Most important thing in your life, item-wise. So no phone, no laptop, like nah. just like an item. Oh. Mm, I'm trying to think of my wife. That's my my not not materialistic thing, but my wife is the most important thing in my life by far. Mm-hmm. By far, I don't have nothing nothing else. Nothing else. I am actually so infatuated with my wife. 
I, I, you know, it's like, I wait. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a story. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> this, this, this is brilliant. I, I used to lie in bed, right, when I, on the rave scene, and I used to think, oh, man. And I used to love this girl. I really loved her. And, like, and I used to think to myself when I'm sleeping upstairs, I think, and I'd be dreaming, I'd think, oh, I wonder what she's doing now. I wonder what... And I'd be thinking, God is my witness, I'm telling you the truth. And you know what? I wake up, she's right, like, lying right next to me. That's my wife. <laughs> Every time, because I always have this vision, because I, I sometimes I, I picture this woman and I keep thinking about it all the time, and it's like, and I used to think, oh. I love this woman, man. I wonder what she's doing with her life. And then I wake up. It's That's my wife. Wow. You understand? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even now, 28 years down the road, it's like, just the love of my life. I'm actually infatuated. I, I see my wife and I'm like, if she said to me, because I've got an army discipline, if she said to me, well, you're going to get me some tea bags and Timbuktu. Yeah, right. I can't get it. Everything that she asked me to do, I just do. I just like, I'm just, I don't know, I've never been this, I don't know, I just love my wife so much. Yeah. Awesome. That's it. Almost, I was just listening, so I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick, true. Nick can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dangerous man, I can't relate if she's listening. <laughs> I do, I go through the same thing. <laughs> you wouldn't, mate. <laughs> um, what's the most attractive quality in someone? Oh. We got him. Shut it. Shut it. Shut it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would actually say, what was it again? Most attractive. Most attractive quality in someone. I think the personality. Because mm. Caroline, yeah, yeah. Every, everything's going to be around her. I think yeah. like, <laughs> if you haven't noticed already, <laughs> like, Caroline, yeah, it was just like a, yeah, just a personality, man. Yeah, just mm. shine through, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because there's so much I could tell you. <laughs> oh, she, what is she it about her personality? Like what? Because she was like, Caroline's like street, mm. right? Yeah. I remember when I went, I said, write down your number, go, go write down. She said, we're going to get a pen and write, write your number down again. So she, made, she said, no, you go and get the pen and write down your number. She's done everything. Like, yeah, no, you love right, that. Listen, yeah. Right, listen, and then you know what? I said, you don't know who I am, do you? She goes, yeah, you Right? I said, watch TV tomorrow night and you'll see me on TV. She saw me on TV. She kept our relationship quiet for two years. She would not let nobody know, all her friends, that she was seeing me. <laughs> she did not, she didn't want nobody to feel that she changed mm. as a person. Mm. Right. Even her best friends didn't know, and they, they actually didn't speak to her again afterwards. Oh. Because, because Caroline's, not, Caroline's not materialistic or anything like mm. that. Yeah. So that's why she was just like, 
She was like a girl version of me. You want me to be going get the pen yourself? <laughs> yeah, it was just like that. We just, we just like, we would like be on a, a phone bill sometimes when I was away in training in Spain to be like 600. And she couldn't find, she couldn't afford that phone part, you know. But she just, she does everything, she's done everything herself. She wouldn't let me give her money, she wouldn't do absolutely nothing. Nothing. She's just, she's just like, you know, it was, a, you know, she was just a, I don't know, she's just everything I, I would like in a woman. She, she never took no money from me. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely no, I could not buy nothing. She was just like, you know, she'd tell me about myself. I don't think she's a weak woman. She's very, very strong. Anyway, let's get back. <laughs> and the last one, what's your number one tip slash advice for life? Got him again. Right, no, no, no. You know what it is? Believing that you can achieve all things. Mm. Because you know what it is? So many people, I remember my school teacher used to say, oh, you're not gonna end up, you're not gonna end up nowhere. All you're gonna do is end up on the dole. Yeah, I might be on the dole, but then I'm gonna come back at the school and I'm gonna be a speaker. <laughs> and I've done that. <laughs> and I've done that. You know, so yeah, so it's, it's, I think it's believing that, you know, that you can achieve all things. Mm -hmm. Don't let anybody tell you that you cannot achieve anything. Look at me. I was like, like a, 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 a black guy from Blacktown. <laughs> Do you understand me? You know, look, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm retired at 32, living in a mansion. Wow. I never believed that. All I wanted was an English house, like a terrace house, three mm. bedroom house. That's all I wanted. I didn't want nothing more. I didn't want nothing. I want to be like equivalent of like Black Town champion. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. Or I might, have, I might have a show at the Commonwealth, I don't know, might. But to become two-time world champion in the Guinness mm. record, inducted Hall of Fame, wow, it's blowing your wildest dreams. Yeah. So don't let nobody take that vision away from you. Man, you're wow. Wow, and I, like I said, I was standing on getting 36 pounds 40 every two weeks, yeah, and now I'm living in the mansion. What? Unbelievable. <laughs> so, you know, you look at that, so it's, it's, it's believing that you yeah. can achieve everything, man. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't. Yeah. Just off topic, do you ever have like moments to like just reflect and be like, wow, like I've accomplished so much? No, no, because you know what it is? It's, I think you know what it is with me. Being happy with my wife and my kids, mm. especially when you what you've been through, and you you get through that. That's that that's it. Nothing else really matters. Just being a, having a happy home, loving your wife, loving your kids. Nothing else really matters. Everything else was rubbish. Even like winning world titles. Yeah, I'll show you one day. Don't move. Let me show you look. See. Because I got voted the best city in Oh. In my face will always be. Wow. Whoa. Always, what? All the super middleweight fighters. If you can see it, my face will always be on the belt. That is amazing. Always on the belt. So everyone that wins the super middleweight belt, his face will be putting that one there, but mine will always be on there. So when his fight loses or whatever, his face gets taken, but mine will always be on the spell. But do you know what? 
having all this. It doesn't mean nothing to me. You know, people will get excited. It's just, it's just in my room there. The other two belts, and it was so funny, I've got to tell you this story. My first WBC belt, right? I sold it for charity. My WBO belt, I sold it for $200,000. And then the other one for $100,000. But you know what? I just sold them. It doesn't bother me. Mm. I know who I am. It's yeah. when you don't know who you are. Mm. But then, when I got voted the best super middleweight in history, they gave me my own belt. Yeah. Mm. Can you believe that? Yeah. Like God said, I already got it planned. <laughs> You're getting your belt back. <laughs> so I've got my own belt with my, with my face on it. It's amazing. Like I said, but it's not all about this materialistic world, but it's about having a happy home. It's not about all this, man. It's, it's, it's nice, you know, to show to people like you that might get excited. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh my God, but, can't take it. But anyway, Ken. Mate, God bless you. Thank you so much, man. No problem, buddy. God bless you. I really appreciate that. Like, this was honestly, like, it was inspiring. Yeah. And the fact that you've come from, like, such a long way, you're so humble, and just everything that you've done yeah. is just, to me, it's yeah. motivating. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to really love that. 